Today, money laundering is about terrorist funding, narco-traffic, human trafficking. So even before COVID-19, bad guys started to use the fact that banks are digital, they active in cyber domain, and instead of stealing $1 billion from a bank account, or if we come to the world of fraud, come into a branch of a bank and shoot and threaten the clerks to shoot them up, they said, okay, let's steal 25 cents from a bank account, put a server somewhere in a remote country, nobody will pay attention, and we'll do it hundreds of millions of times uh, using some sort of AI. Now, COVID-19 actually made it much easier for bad guys because banks now have to act in digital domain. It's not very possible to ask customers to come and identify themselves in the closest branch of a bank. And also the people who are responsible for enforcing the regulations, who are responsible for identifying the alerts, in many cases they're at home, quarantine. So the bank's ability to fight with money laundering is much lower. And what bad guys are doing after the first phase of sort of, okay, let's see what we can do because we can't use the traditional methods which they sort of built to bypass a financial system, such as, as a blunt example, they cannot just put a few, you know, a bunch of diamonds in their suitcase and go through customs and nobody will catch them because they cannot travel. You know, not, they're not necessarily U.S. citizens or residents, so they can't fly to the United States. And by the way, if we take about, talk about other countries, Israel, if you're not Israeli citizen, you, come, uh, you can't come there as well. So they had to develop new ways to do it and they totally moved towards the digital domain. One of the areas that becomes very popular uh, that historically didn't get a lot of attention is cross-border transaction is correspondent banking. But that's what they do right now extensively uh, to keep their money, to keep uh, finance the wheels of crime. Cross-border transactions have been going on for, for many decades. What's the specific problem with correspondent banking as it's currently set up that makes it vulnerable to money laundering? Uh, so first of all, correspondent banking, you know, it sounds like a very sophisticated term, but it's actually, as you said, it's cross-border transactions, this ability for a bank to conduct international transactions in places where they don't have any presence. In the United States, it's uh, easy. We all know that there are small local banks. It can be a county bank, it can be a town bank. But if you are outside the United States, for example, in countries like Estonia or Latvia or some uh, other small countries, you not necessarily have a branch in the United States. And still, now the world becomes global. The world of trade becomes global. So you need to conduct some sort of banking services in the United States. Small uh, bank in Estonia cannot conduct those uh, transactions in the United States or in the UK because they don't have a banking license. So they will create a relationship with another bank, correspondent bank, larger bank that will serve uh, and conduct those transactions for them. Uh, and by the way, when I mention Estonia and UK, uh, there is a La- Russian laundromat uh, case that happened uh, with those exact countries. Now, it happens for tens of years, and international trade is happening for hundreds of years. What's really changed in COVID-19 time is, in some cases, that's the only way to conduct trade. Because physical ability of human beings to travel between countries and conduct transactions with an aid of a local presence do not exist. Now, historically, for example, you have a correspondent banking relationship. You could still uh, insist on validating certain account. Uh, there were some shortcuts uh, that were built to uh, create for the trust. You could send a person 
if it's a bunch of very important transactions to the US or to UK, even if the person from Estonia, then maybe the person will open local account in a US bank. So US bank or UK bank will know that person and then it will make the process of uh, identification, KYC, you know, your customer process, much easier. Today, it's impossible. So today, for example, US banks have to rely on Estonian banks without any ability to have physical validation of the transactions. Obviously, it's an amazing situation for bad guys uh, because it's almost the only way for them to conduct banking transactions without really being identified by the bank in the United States. Now, just to make it a little bit more complex, and it's like when Estonian bank has a direct relationship with the US bank, it's complex enough. But in reality, there are some intermediates like Swift Gateway, which is a Belgium company that adds to this uh, level of sophistication. At the end of the day, people can hide beca- behind different identities. In some cases, they have very, lo- very good uh, local control over those small countries or some influence. So they can easily open tens or even hundreds of genuine or semi-genuine accounts called pseudo-customers that will serve just the proxies for their own activities and just to make it even more complex. And of course, we talk about solutions. It's not that the world, uh, it's not like it's a desperate situation with no solutions, but just to show how complex it is, historically, in order to open, you know, hundreds or thousands of accounts, it wasn't easy. You had to come to a bank, fill all those forms, you know, provide information. Physically, it was very difficult. Today, because of COVID-19, and also because most of the banks are now have digital abilities, you can put a computer with a software that will automatically open those accounts, provide the necessary documentation, and so you automate the process. And within 24 hours, you have you can have 1,000 account accounts looking genuine and allegedly serving as your proxy if you're a bad guy that would like to conduct money laundering activities. Well, what you're basically saying is that existing AML systems aren't fit for purpose. They're not capable of of stopping this. They're not capable of controlling it. So what needs to be done? Absolutely. So, you know, just for those who ask themselves um, why existing systems don't do the job anymore. You know, they are in banks for 20 years and, you know, they work pretty fine. The problem of existing systems that they're all based on rules, signatures, thresholds, understanding of what are we looking for. And that was the notion in banks. Like we can learn a lot from our experience. We can learn a lot from our past. Unfortunately, two things happened and it happened at once or almost at once, you know, in sort of a historical timeline. One, banks moved to the world of digital banking, cyber domain, even before COVID-19. And so it's much easier now to conduct that type of transactions that uh, historically were very difficult to do. And rules that were built for day-to-day normal banking not necessarily apply for the world of digital banking. And just to give you an example, let's say bad guys invent a new way to steal money or to launder money. It will take on average four months to create new model or to create new type of rules. Because it's digital and because it's done from some remote country or in, from many countries at once, it will take probably four seconds for bad guys to change the uh, attack, attack vector. That's one reason why existing systems don't uh, do the job anymore. And a second one, you can't learn from experience. We definitely, none of us experienced COVID-19 crisis. I've seen three crises in my life. This one is different. It's health related and the environment is different. Now, even if you take some sort of artificial intelligence, let me give an example of neural network. Everybody talks about it. 
You can train neural network. You can show it one million pictures of a butterfly. It will identify all the butterflies in the world. But show it a scorpion or a snake, the system will miss it because nobody told the system how snakes look like. Now, if I will sort of use uh, this example for uh, the world of money laundering, you can build the system and train the system how normal uh, activity looks like. But when the system will see abnormal activity, it will not know, not know what to do. Now, banks don't, really don't want to support money laundering. So what they will do, they will use an anomaly detection approach. Basically, show me everything that doesn't, doesn't look like a butterfly. Show me everything that doesn't look like normal. And then they have a level, level of false alarms that is 99.5%. So for every true alert, you have 200 false alarms, which means that you, have a lot of, you need to, a lot of people to research and analyze those transactions. And you will miss a real dangerous activities because they will be masked by all this noise created by uh, false alarms. So what needs to be done or what's happening right now in this world? And those are the good news. And Tether is just an, one example of this new world of artificial intelligence that come to help us to deal with the type of situations. And so in our case, for example, we use a technology that we call artificial intuition. And basically the system mimics the way very experienced investigators work. You know, when you have so much data and the data is new and you don't necessarily understand the meaning of the data because it's not straightforward. You get, you get some data about some account in Estonia. How do you know what does it mean? But there are some people that are very experienced, that are very smart, that will just tell you, you know, think about very experienced investigator in the police department or IRS department or anti-terrorist organization. They will just tell you, look, I have this gut feeling that something doesn't look right. Like just follow the common sense, or oh, this is my intuition. That's exactly what new breed of artificial intelligence systems are doing. Basically, they will think more like a human being. They will look at all the transactions, they will look at all the parameters, will compare all the relationships between parameters, and will identify very slight changes or irregularities between the connections of the transactions. Uh, you know, this is something that sounds complex, but for us human beings, it's very easy. You know, when you send your kid to a new school, your kid will very fast know who are good guys or bad guys. They don't need to go through like network analysis of LinkedIn profiles of the parents of the kids. They just get it. Or you drive a new car. First time you drive it, you hear weird noise. You know that something is wrong with your car. Computers historically couldn't do it. Now they can do it. And basically, it makes the world much simpler. You install a system in a bank or put it in the cloud. It analyzes financial transactions. Uh, it looks at swift data records with very high precision provide you alerts if you're a bank about potential uh, money laundering activities. And just to give an example, uh, we installed our system with, in one of the largest banks uh, in the world. And literally within weeks, it discovered human trafficking, financing, uh, it discovered terrorist funding. Now, initially, of course, the system doesn't know that it's human trafficking, it just identifies transactions. Uh, but you know, banks follow a process. So if they see suspicious activities, they file what they call SAR, suspicious activity report, or STR, suspicious transaction report, and then law enforcement agencies jump in, validate it, analyze what's going on, and provide insights about what happened. And again, we, we actually see increase in the pace and the speed and the size of those transactions that it's happening right now. One of the feedback we get is, okay, look, it's COVID-19. And, you know, it's really desperate times, so we need to use extreme measures. But isn't it, like, too dangerous to unleash this beast called artificial intelligence? 
because what we do actually, we may be taking the, the sort of the last resort of human beings that humans thought are only belong to them, which is intuition and common sense and gut feelings. Uh, historically, computers couldn't do it. And my answer to that is, yes, definitely every new technology uh, scaled people. When print was created, people thought that's the end of human memory. I was lucky to build the first internet service provider in Israel. People told me, you know, it will totally change the way your kids talk to you, which is true. So every new technology creates issues and fears, etc. But the upside uh, is enormous. And the, in the world of financial crime and money laundering, I think it's even more important because whether we like it or not, bad guys using artificial intelligence. And these days, in some countries, they just take the best technologies possible. They, of course, don't follow any rules. They don't respect any patents and just build and unleash uh, this uh, artificial intelligence beast to help them uh, to conduct their criminal activities. That's why I believe that we as human beings have to use this opportunity. We have to use artificial intelligence to make it our digital guards because bad guys will be using it anyway. Yes, it's true. COVID-19 accelerates many trends that are happening anywhere, anyway. And I think that this trend of uh, moving towards the world of artificial intelligence and trusting machines uh, to do the work uh, is something that is happening right now. And last but not least, people say, look, we cannot let artificial intelligence to detect us who is guilty and who is not. We don't want to be in this world of minority report movies. Uh, and for that, we say it's absolutely true. Our technology is a glass box, it's very transparent, and they do encourage regulators to support artificial intelligence. Of course, making sure that those systems are fully transparent, they are not black box, so we'll not be in a world where computer decided you are guilty and then suddenly your bank account is frozen. Uh, of course, we need uh, those systems to be explainable, but luckily for all of us, the technology is there.